0: Thanks for being here. You guys had an exciting morning with Chris already, so I'm going to talk and hopefully you guys will listen and you don't just flood out and say, this guy sucks, which is always exciting. So far, that's never happened. So he just said I suck. <laughs> so I'm here to talk about marketing. I look at it from the idea that it needs to be long-term, sustainable solution. It's not just something that we want to use like a shotgun approach. It's more... The idea that we need something that we have mapped out for 12 months. We know what we're going to do in each pathway. We utilize different resources at different points. And that is long-term sustainable marketing versus just like, oh God, I need to gain 25 members. What do I do right now? It's I have a predictable, sustainable flow because I know what I'm doing. I have a plan. I know when my dead spots are. And when I hit those dead spots, I'm already going to be set up with a plan of action to have kind of a big push at that point. So I I call my stuff. Chan's Logic, my name's Chandler. I am from Nevada, we're we're best known for Las Vegas, uh, probably prostitution, gambling, and all all the fun stuff. So we came a long way, it was a pretty good trip coming up here, I own a gym in Reno, Nevada, it's called Stone Age Fuel. It's a CrossFit affiliate, we've been affiliated for a long time, we've always had our own little name that we use and all that stuff, but we've been, I started this whole thing, Stone Age Fuel started as a blog, so, all that, it was back in the day when we used Blogspot, and that was like super cool. Do you guys remember that? It was like right before Facebook got super popular. So, it started off as a blog. I was in college going for biochemistry and in biology, and I started writing on the like ideas of the supplement industry, the fallacies, what I thought wasn't right, what I thought was right, and people started paying attention to all the stuff we were writing about that resulted in getting invited to talk and do seminars about that kind of stuff and then eventually we got to the point where we didn't want to travel anymore, we just wanted to have our own little place. So we opened up Stone Age Fuel and that's how we started. From a little blog with a little following to an actual gym where we were able to be sustainable and build our base, build our brand, and build our business over time. It's pretty exciting. So the idea of this whole thing is long term versus short term. a lot of the things I'll talk about today are probably repetitive, but the idea is it's going to be the same. We want you to actually do something when you leave. So you guys heard Chris talk about the idea that you have to act, right? Uh, it's one of my big points. It doesn't matter what you do. Just pick something and do it, and that's when it'll be successful. Most people leave with 150 new ideas, but they don't act on anything. They just close their notebooks, throw it in the closet, and then that's the end of it forever. And then you look in your closet four years later, and you're like, wow, was a good idea. I should have done that. So we want to get away from that, so take one thing from here and act on it, and that will help us produce our long-term plan. Uh, don't be In your marketing, I always tell people, short-term is like basic level thinking. And I put the, did anybody get the unicorn crap? And How was it? Is it? Was it really bad? I, someone next to me got it, and I smelled it. And it smelled like sugar and sour. And I was like, that thing is going to give me stomach problems. <laughs> But so, and we, we call that like, it's basic. Don't be basic in your marketing. So it's not the idea that it's not the shotgun approach. It's a long-term approach, which is a sustainable solution. And the idea of that is it's chess versus checkers. So you need to already be knowing what you're going to do, and you need to understand how people are going to react to what you're doing when you do it. If you understand that, and you know what you're doing, you have the plan established, and you actually, and you're actually functioning, flowing through, it's going to be a lot more successful than just oh God, what do we do this month? We need to build membership, or we can't pay our affiliates. Yeah, yeah, if I talk uh, too low, let me know. My voice is like a 12-year-old schoolgirl. So, just let me know if it's not loud enough and I'll use my big boy voice, which still isn't very much of a big boy voice, but I'll try real hard. So, uh, the way I talk about marketing is, everything is based on relationships. You guys are gonna hear the relationship concept a lot today. You've already heard it from Chris, right? It's the idea that we don't want, direct marketing is, is knocking on someone's door and saying, with your, like, little tag that says, hello, my name is CrossFit, have you heard of CrossFit? And then you guys walk up there, so that's like direct marketing, knocking on doors, trying to get people in front of you, trying to sell them right there. Uh, What we want to do, what we want to focus in marketing is building a relationship with people over time. And what that does is it builds the number one thing that we need with people, and do you guys know what that is? Trust. If people trust you and they walk in your door with that trust already built and established, they're much more likely to want to work with you because they, you've shown them that you care, you've shown them that you do what they want, and they have that level of confidence with you. A lot of people are they're fearful of CrossFit and fearful of fitness when they walk, walk in your affiliates, right? So they see things like Orange Theory and all that stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's not CrossFit, that's not crazy. But then when, they actually, when you get them in your affiliate and they get to know you, they're like, huh, this isn't anything like I thought it would be. And so we want to break that mold by establishing ourselves as the one who builds a relationship with everybody in our community. I put, interesting thing, I made a bunch of songs and put words on it. So it's pretty exciting for my Instagram. <laughs> so it starts with branding. And the idea behind the brand, it's not just your logo, it's not like congruency is important in your colors and everything matching and all that. But your brand is so much more than just the words, You're, what your brand is, it's, it's everything that the consumer thinks about you. And the important piece of the brand, it's not the brand itself. We don't live in a brand-centric economy anymore. We're moving to what we call a customer-centric. And what a customer-centric economy is, means it, is it's the idea that it's not the brand that's important. It's the consumer perception of your brand. So if someone sees this brand on the door, they immediately think, oh, cross it right away, which is fine. But you want them to say, oh, I, I know those guys. I follow their stuff, I watch them on social media, they do a lot of good work. So you need that perception to click immediately with your brand. And your brand can be, it can be the logo, it can be a textual brand. Whatever it is though, you want that to click immediately in someone's mind. And you want that perception to be positive. You want them to be like, oh, those guys are awesome, I saw the transformations they do, I saw the good stuff from their members posting, I see them sharing stuff all the time. That's the kind of perception we need to build. I just talked about brand-centric versus customer-centric marketing with another selfie there. So in the selfie, it's build a culture of caring. And what I mean by this, it's one of my laws. It's the idea that you need to build an idea behind your brand that you care about people. And when they follow your stuff, they know you care. They know you want them to succeed. And they know you're not just there to sell them stuff. Because when you think about it, when someone walks in your door and they think you're going to sell them stuff, they get right in this position, they're not really interested, you're a salesman, so they want to leave immediately and get out. But what you need to do is think about it. the perception that I'm here to help you, I want to give you a lot of value, and then I want you to make the decision to come and visit me, and then I want you to make the decision to sign up. I shouldn't have to hard sell you with like cheesy sales tactics and stuff like that, like pacing and leading and all the kind of garbage that we get into to try to trick people to purchase. If you trick people to do stuff it might work initially, but it's going to backfire in the long run because then they're going to wake up and realize, dang, I made a bad decision. So we want to build that culture of caring around everything we do. So in your marketing these are, these words are pretty important. Be unique. So what makes you different? I always tell people, I want you to tell me what makes your community different without using the word awesome community takes a while to figure that out. Can anybody do that? Without using the word community, define your, define your gym. Define your, what, who are you? Anybody want to take a shot at that? Family, there we go. So, and then define your family. There you go. So we want something like that where you ask people, tell me about your gym. You what know, well, we have an awesome community. Well, people don't know what that means. What is an awesome community? Who's in it? What do they do? Tell me a story. What is Bob over there? What does his success story look like? What about how that coach become a coach? Like, Who are the people in your business that make your business what it is? Who are the awesome members of your community? You want to tell that story to these people so they feel feel connected to you. If you tell a good story, everybody's going to feel connected to you, and everybody's going to feel like they, they own a piece of it, and they're going to want to be part of it. Stories are incredibly important, and that's how we be real. So people don't want to see this robotic brand where you walk up and you're like this is john and i'm going to teach you how to do a kicking pull up today and then you go through it and it's the end it's it's not as human as you want it to be you want to be like hey guys this is john i'm going to teach you how to do a kick and pull up and then you do some fun stuff and if your memory hops in and does like a backflip or whatever or smiles or whatever you want them to be like real and what happens because when we when we interact with people on like social media and outside of your gym they want to be entertained for a second when they see your brand. They want to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Those guys, they have fun. They're normal. They don't look like crazy people with their shirts off, own barbells against the wall. Because that is what scares people. They get in there and they say, that guy has really big pets, and he just threw that barbell on the ground really hard. I could never do this. And, uh, and that's what both that, that perception that we don't want. We don't want the perception that we're crazy people with our shirts off. And, It's part of the community that you get into, but they need to understand what that is before they see it outwardly because we want them to come in and understand that we're more than just that. So I built the, over the course of the last year and a half probably, I've been working on what I call my laws of marketing. And the laws are centered around long-term sustainable thinking, building your brand, understanding a customer-centric economy, and then actually acting on that. I actually started the CrossFit journey in 2007 or 8, back when we were almost the uh, I'm almost an original gangster in this, not quite, but it's been a while. So this whole marketing thing came out because we started getting in this like environment where everybody seems the same to the consumer. And uh, over time I've noticed that we've we've turned the perception of the consumer from a, a unique thing into, they think it's a franchise or a commodity. So we need to, build ourselves so they understand that we're different, we have a recognizable name, and they can spot us in a sea of other gyms. So if everybody has the word CrossFit, but they know CrossFit industry because they put out cool stuff, you're gonna be the one they go to just because the perception is built around that brand. So first law, just like Chris was talking about when he said act, my first law is you have to execute on what you learn. So you, you have to take something from today, from my speech or Dave's speech, or Chris's speech, or Pat's speech later, and you have to execute on one thing. or Take one thing from each speech and actually do something. Whether it's like, all right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. You want to write it in your notebooks, write it on your wall, tell someone, tell one of your coaches, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do, I want you to hold me accountable. And then they'll be, you'll have someone to tell you, like, hey, did you do that? And if you say no, you feel like, oh, I'm going write it down. So tell a friend about it, write it down, and then refer back to it. The second law is, uh, so the other problem I see, and these are, the first three are pretty big problems I see a lot with people. Number one, people don't do anything. So we listen, we consume a lot of content, we do podcasts and all that, but then we don't actually do anything. Uh, So number two, after you're executing, where everybody fails is they fail to be consistent in their marketing strategies. So we might start posting on Facebook or making little videos, and then you drop off the face of the earth for six months, and then do it again eventually. So we need to set up a consistent schedule, and what that means is don't overwork yourself. Don't be like, all right, I'm gonna post seven days a week, 12 times a day, and do all these crazy things, write 14 blogs a month. You wanna set actual goals and actual strategies that you're gonna be able to change. So maybe that's, I'm gonna write a blog once a week, I'm gonna make a video once a week, and something like that. So that way you know you can do it. You, next, my third law is centered around the fact that we want to push everything out, But often we don't actually listen to what people are saying, which is what's going to make us better and allow us to evolve and build our brand around the perception that's currently happening. So this is built around, you want to do surveys to your members, like how are you you doing? How do you like us? When you were looking for us, what feelings were you experiencing? When you found us, what feelings did you experience? It's it's less about like, how would you rate our bathrooms, one through ten, and more about feelings. We need to pull feelings out of people. How did you feel when you came, when you were looking for us? How did you feel when you found us? How do you feel now that, you, that you're that you with us for a while? And then you can kind of push into that. I think surveys work best if you do it one-on-one with people because you can say, how did you feel when you were looking for us? Oh, I was just trying to find a solution to lose weight. Well, why were you trying to lose weight? Oh, because I was getting ready for beach season. Well, what's going on with beach season? Well, and so you can keep asking them questions that pull out why, what the real reason was because people aren't going to tell you the real reason if they don't trust you enough. And If you can pull that out of them, now you not only got the real reason, but you built a lot of trust with that person because now they think you really care. The other way we listen is, say you put out a video on social media and you get 27 comments. You need, you need to be in there like paying attention, writing them down, seeing what the perception of what came out is. If someone says something bad about it, don't immediately write them off as a troll. You need to take that to heart and be like, all right, maybe this wasn't so good. Why didn't this person like this? And You can even reply back as a comment, like, hey, thanks for the feedback. What can we do to make it better next time? So it's don't get offended. Understand that something sparked an emotion in that person, and so they commented and reacted to it. And you're gonna get stuff that's just blatantly stupid, like uh, jerks on social media, so you just block those people. But if it's good constructive feedback, we need to pay attention to it, write it down, look at it, uh, see what we can do to fix it and evolve, and then adjust and modify and move on. That's how we grow. So that's what people are saying about you. And that's the idea that we learn from it, we grow from it, and we evolve, and we pivot shift from that. So maybe you put out a video series that people are really liking. You get a lot of good feedback, a lot of good comments, a lot of positive stuff from it. So if you get that, what you need to do now is take that series and say, alright, people really like what you're putting out here, so how can we modify this and do another series that kind of builds on that, or talks about another similar topic. And the more positive feedback you get from your members and your overall community, the more likely it is that they're going to want to engage with it. The more people are going to see your stuff, and the more people are going to share your stuff, and the more you're going to be able to interact and engage with your overall community here. So next law is play the long-term game. And so when we think about mastery, it's the constant pursuit, look guys, it's Danny, he's a champion, everybody, (laughs) yeah, I clap for you, you. yeah, I appreciate you, (laughs) so uh, the idea of mastery is we always need to be pursuing and evolving and understanding that we're never actually going to be good, you have to be in the mindset that you're never good at what you do, you always want to try to be better, you always want to push forward. And that's what the long-term game is. It's pursuing mastery in your business. You, everybody wants to pursue mastery in their fitness. Everybody knows, like, does everybody know their snatch max in here? Probably. Does everybody know their their business metrics, their numbers off the top of their head? Most of us. are like, yeah, maybe. So that's the idea of mastery. If you don't know your numbers, go home, write them down, figure them out, understand them, work to make yourself better, not only in your fitness because we can get real fit real fast, but we want to pursue mastery in our business as well, and our marketing, and that's how we grow. The next one is, a lot of people ask me, well, how how do I start? How do I put this stuff out? Where do I put it? There's so many different things to do. There's 875 different thousand opinions. Which one should I follow? So you need to focus where your attention is at. You guys all have, does everybody here have a Facebook fan page? Does anybody not, raise your hand if you don't. That would probably be a good thing. Do you like Facebook? Yeah, Probably a good thing to pick up. So when you think about it, uh, this this market that we're in is generally going to be on Facebook. They're they're usually a little bit of an older crowd. They're people who can afford our services. Uh, If you have the 27 and under crowd, you can start looking at things like Instagram and Snapchat. Twitter is a big thing for high school right now. But Facebook is going to be your big one. If you pick one platform, you'd probably want to be on Facebook. That's where most of the attention is at. where you can get most of your reach. Instagram is probably your second best bet because that one's big. Does everybody have an Instagram page for your business? Raise your hand if you don't. Oh, you're like, I do. (laughs) I do, I do, I swear. Okay, raise your hand if you do. Oh, there we go. That's exciting. So those are your top two, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, If you guys, does anybody have youth programs in here? So if you have a youth program... Your best bets for are probably Instagram. Twitter uh, Twitter's really big for the high school kids. When we post on Twitter, all of the high school kids share it and they're out of control. But uh, and Snapchat is pretty big for those kids. Yeah, they're all over Snapchat. They, uh, the kids always tell me, I don't do Facebook, that's for old people. So that's that's a they don't want to be on the platform their parents are on. And so that's that's the mindset we have to be in. Where is their attention? If, what is my market and where is their attention at? If it's Like, 27 and older, you're probably gonna be on Facebook, or even 21 and older. Facebook's probably big for that. Instagram's probably good for, probably a similar market, but maybe skewing a little bit younger. More adults, adults are skewing towards Instagram now. Snapchat's gonna be good for your youth programs. The kids are all over Snapchat, because they can block their parents. Or, the kids are always like, i just block my parents on Snapchat, so then they can't see anything. Uh, Well, another big thing that, where the attention is, you can, Chris was talking about Facebook groups, right? That's a big engagement tool. So if you don't have a Facebook private group for your members, build one of those. The other thing I'm noticing with the youth programs, though, is you can create uh, Snapchat groups and Instagram direct message groups, and all the kids will go crazy in there and go back and forth and ask questions. They won't use it at all if you put their parents in it, but if you put them in it and you're a moderator so it doesn't get completely out of control, you can kind of get the kids talking back and forth. and create a little community in there as well, which is pretty exciting. So just think about it. What's my market? Where's the attention at? And how do I get there? How do I get my stuff in front of them all the time? So everybody here have a blog as well? Raise your hand if you have a blog. Oh man, not as many blogs. That, nobody reads anymore. <laughs> it's funny, podcasts actually are becoming big now. They're, uh, they're, we're seeing a huge resurgence in people just listening to audio stuff. And it's audio information. It's not like music and all that. which is crazy. I don't know if you guys saw but Facebook just released the live audio. So now instead of being on Facebook live on video, you can go live on just audio now, which is kind of neat. Because You can just sit there and go live. If you have a terrible signal, it's perfect. because You can just go audio and you don't need a strong a signal to do it. It's like your little Facebook podcast. You could do a daily show. We do a daily show. Uh, if you go on Advocate Media, we call it the Almost Daily Show because it's almost daily. Most of the time we do it daily, but not all the time. <laughs> It is. The last one was really good. We were in front of a pool. We had matching t-shirts on. I, I pointed this way, with my hand went this way. We were drunk. I'm just kidding. We weren't really drunk. But we have, we talk about a different marketing topic every day in the Almost Daily Show, and it's usually centered around a question we get. It. So the last one was, how do you get comfortable speaking in public? Uh, one before that, what did we talk about, Dave? Yeah, God, it was so long ago. Jeez. When you do it every day, you forget what you do. So, next law is leverage your strengths. So, what do you, who who here likes to put themselves on video? Raise your hand. Not very many of us, right? Dave likes video. I'm a big fan of video. Who here likes to write? Raise your hand if you like to write. A couple writers. Who here just likes to talk but not have their, like a podcast style or just audio? Anybody like that? Who here doesn't want to do anything? Raise your hand. There we go. <laughs> hashtag lazy. Hashtag efficient. Hashtag wasted Yeah, hashtag, oh, that's what it is. She's an enabler. It's a funny story, I packed my bags before I travel like the night before, but my girlfriend does not like that so she packs it for me. She's like, you're not gonna be prepared you're gonna forget everything. So she's enabled me to not pack my bags anymore. So leverage your strengths. If you like to write blogs, you're a blog writer, you're going to do that really well. If you like to do videos, all right, you're a video person, you're going to do that really well. If you just like to talk but you don't want to show your face, start a podcast or do the Facebook Live audio. You don't want to get in a position to where it takes you 14 hours to write a blog post because you hate it, or for like 27 takes and two days to make a video because you're going to hate it, and what happens when you hate something? You don't do it anymore. You're not going to execute on it, you're not going to be consistent with it you don't need to be the person who goes out there and makes like videos, blogs, podcasts, and has 175,000 different things going out all over the place. You just need to pick one thing you're really good at and do that at least a couple times, I'd say three times a week. Like write a blog, like short little blogs, 500 words, two-minute video, make a little quick audio bite that you can post on Facebook or start a little podcast. Facebook audio is making podcasts on there really easy. So pick something you're good at and do that. And with your staff. So, you guys all, does everybody here have coaches and staff that works for them? So, now your staff's going to be good at different things. So, you guys can leverage each other's strengths. So, you can say, all right, you're good at video, you're good at blogs, you're good at audio stuff, you're not good at anything, so you're going to do a newsletter. And then everybody's going to have their specific topic and their specific job roles that they do, and they're going to do them really well because you're asking your staff to do something they like to do. Has anybody asked their staff to do something they hate and they just don't do it? So, we don't want them to get that mentality. Be like, all right, you like this, you are doing this. That's the ball and told mentality. So next, uh, the, what I'm going to go to next are my pillars of great content. These are the la- I have ten laws of marketing. They're basically called laws because if you call them law, that makes the hashtag legit. It makes it extra awesome. So I call them laws, so that way you guys will listen to it and write it down. If I didn't call it laws, you all, all would have left by now, right? So the pillars of great content are built on the basic human emotions and the idea that when we put content out, we need to showcase those emotions to people, we need to pull them out of people. We need to make people laugh, we need to educate people, and I'm already talking about it. So we're gonna motivate, our polls of great content are, what emotions do we wanna pull out, and what emotions are gonna make people remember us? And if we focus on one, we're not gonna actually get what we need to get. If we focus on all three, we're gonna have a pretty good varied amount of content that goes out, we're gonna have good stuff that people want to consume. So number one is motivate. When you think about uh, your members and the way they live, they're probably, everybody has stressful lives, right? They, they go to, they're probably going to be late for work. They're probably going to be late because they dropped their kids off late or their kids didn't want to put their pants on today. And then they're coming to the gym because they're in traffic. Now they're stressed out because they're late coming to class. So you want to make people's lives a little bit easier by putting out little motivational pieces to them that makes, make them think about, oh, hey, I should go to the gym today. I shouldn't miss. That's going to be that piece of the day that makes me smile. That's what I want. So the motivational stuff, it just it brings out positivity, it gives goodwill towards your brand, it makes people think positive thoughts towards you, which is what we want. If you put out a powerful video that's motivational, those are the ones people are gonna share, they're gonna comment, they're gonna talk, like tag their friends and all that stuff, and you can create virality out of it. Number two is educate. So a lot of us, we're all really good at educating, every, Like we have a movement technique library that we built for our gym, which is our, one of our educational components. But What we need to think about from the educational component as well is you have two different segments that you need to showcase. You have your members, who are probably going to like whatever you do because they think you guys are awesome. And then you have people who aren't your members. So when you put out a technical analysis on the snatch, someone who's not part of your gym and has never experienced this is just going to be like, I don't know what that is. That looks scary. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. So what we need to do is we need to look into into what they think and what their thoughts are. So what are people outside your gym wanting? They're wondering, uh, what's the difference between like weight loss supplements? Why do people take them? What's a green tea pill? What's, what, how do I leave a menu at a restaurant and be healthy? How do I make good choices while traveling? How do I get over this rut I'm in where I can't lose any weight? Why can't I lose weight? What's my problem? So these are the, we need to understand their pains and their emotional problems. And then we make videos and content and blogs about that. So they think you're speaking directly to them, and w- which you are which makes them feel like you actually care about them and you're putting stuff out that's incredibly helpful and now you have that positive goodwill towards your brand. They identify your brand with all these good things you put out that's helped them a lot and they wanna be a part of what you do. The last piece that I, a lot of us are good at and a lot of us aren't so good at it, is making people laugh. So if you have motivational stuff and educational stuff, the last pillar that you need to hit is making people laugh. Uh, laughter is the thing that's going to get people Have you guys ever seen a video on Facebook where it's so funny that you have to tag a friend because you're like, oh my god, you got to see this, it's great. Look at the dog, he has a taco suit on, or whatever. So that's the kind of stuff that you want to put out because you want people to share it and you want people to tag their friends and you want them to be like, oh, those guys are hilarious. I want to go and hang out with them. I'd be friends with them. And the fun stuff, we have a video series we call Minute with the Interns. And Minute with the Interns is two of our interns they just they jump on camera and he says, welcome to Stone Age Fuel. And they just start going crazy. They're out of control. The last one, they had a pizza contest. And uh, and it's our most popular video series we've ever put out. It seems ridiculous and out of control, but it makes people feel like we're human. And it makes people want to hang out with us. They know, like one of our guys is RJ. They know RJ. Everybody knows RJ. And a girl walked in from Instagram the other day. She was like, I watched Minute with the Interns. It's incredible. And our other coaches now, they're like, man. We put out educational stuff, and the two ridiculous people get all the stuff, get all the leads and the excitement. So think about it that way. Not everything doesn't have to be like, my name's Rick, today we're going to learn a thruster. It has to be fun, it has to be engaging, it has to be exciting, because you need to tap into people's emotions in order to effectively make them trust you. So, And that's the idea of sharing and tagging or creating the virality in your brand. So when we put this stuff out, what we want is, we want your members to tag a friend. We want your members to share your content. We want random people to tag friends and share your content. And once that happens, now we're, you know, we're going into their networks. So now we're getting into their large networks, and their friends' networks. and all of these. This is exactly what we want, because now you've created the ability to showcase your brand without having to pay for it. The more virality you create, the more people you get tagging in your posts, the more likely it is that more people are going to see it, and you're going to actually have to pay for that to market. You know, the other way you can do this stuff is if you put a piece out and you know your members are going to like it and you know specific people, your coaches can go on and tag them in the bottom of the comments. like Tag all these people and then they can go on they'll watch it and they'll see it. They'll like, oh, thanks so much, I was just asking a question about this. And then that gets them exposed and it gets them seen. And if you have a private Facebook group, you can share this stuff in there and you're like, what do you guys think? How do you guys like this video? And it gets them engaged as well. So you think about it from two viewpoints when you're doing this stuff. What do my members want? How can get, I get them engaged? And what do the people who are part of my community want, and how do I get them engaged? And it's it's always it's funny. It's always it's the more simple it is, the better. We don't have to get into a super technical macronutrient breakdown on like a cucumber. We can just talk about the cucumber. Like, this is healthy. Eat this, and then people will love it. Like this is how you cut it. This is how this is what it, you can do. You can put cucumber in salad. Salad is good for. And uh, people, people like simple. They don't like complicated and crazy, because if you confuse people, they don't trust you and they want to pull away, they're not okay. So emotions, uh, when you think about what the basic human emotions are and what we want to tap into when we're marketing, there's fear, so people being afraid of stuff. I remember there was uh, a while back, you had those videos where you would start watching and then screens, thing would come up and scare you, and you'd like holy shit, and you'd jump out of your chair and fall over, and your friends would do it to you all the time, did you guys ever see that stuff? It was terrible. You'd be like, oh, no, it's going to happen. I'm going to be afraid again. I'm not going to be afraid. And then you get afraid. Uh, anger. The things that make us mad, uh, it, it's a powerful emotion. So when something angers you, you want to share it and write in all caps and do the thunderstorm typing and everything you want. You just want to be like, I hate this thing. Everybody else knows that I'm mad. Uh, fears and our Anger is incredibly powerful, but it's the one thing we don't necessarily want to tap into because you don't want people to associate your brand with anger. You don't want people to associate your brand with hate, and With like, oh, Orange theory sucks, or whatever sucks, or all these things suck. It's No, we want to be positive and happy and exciting with our brand because it builds that emotion behind the people who are paying attention to it. The next human emotion is sadness. So when people see something that's really sad, like the commercials where they tell you to pay for the dog and it's like the arms of an angel, and you're like, oh, I don't even know where the money goes, but I want to donate. So that's kind of dip, dipping into our sadness uh, we, we did a couple videos where we did play like the arms of an angel and then we had like one of our coaches on there like, you can donate to this coach today he's really sad uh, then there's happiness happiness is really powerful because now people are going to see your stuff all the time it's going to make you smile it's going to make them laugh they're going to feel excited about it and if we can pull that out of people over time, they're going to be more likely to say, oh, I watch, I watch your guys' stuff all the time. Your blogs are great. I feel pumped when I look at it. It's made me want to come in today. The rest of them, disgust. We probably don't want to make people feel disgusted. Don't do a video of like, someone eating worms or something. It might go viral, but it's, it's kind of weird. Surprise. Surprise is fun. Uh, you could you can use this emotion to get people wondering. Like You don't want to use click baby stuff in this, though. It's not like... Hey, check out these three things that we wrote in this blog post. You'll never believe number two. That's super cheesy. And people click it, and then they're like, oh, I do do believe number two. That was dumb. I'm never going to go back to your site again. So you only get one chance to trick people, and then you lose their trust, and they're not going to come back and see you. So when you're doing this, it's all about positive interactions. It's about showing people that you care. And it's about building a relationship with people and keeping that relationship strong. You only get one chance to ruin it, but you get plenty of chances to continue building and then the last one I put here is trust. That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate emotion we want to build in people, when they trust you. When they walk in your door and they say, I watched all your stuff, you've helped me out over the last, it might be a year, but they might walk in and say, oh, I've watched every single thing you guys have put out, I feel super comfortable. I was so afraid of CrossFit when I, walked, when I thought about it, but then I watched your guys' stuff and I noticed that you have real people in there who have real stuff and helped me with my nutrition. I followed some of your simple things and I lost 12 pounds. So now you've built that powerful emotion of trust before they even walk in your door. And If you can do that, there is no selling. It's a win. So what I do is I like to, we like to put out a piece of content just about daily. And like I was talking earlier, you want to leverage this with your staff. So it shouldn't be one person putting this out all the time and you go crazy and you'll never do it. If, it is, if, you're just, if you are the only one putting out content, I would probably focus on two to three times a week so you can be consistent. To do it. Don't it. do overwhelm yourself or it's just going to be another chore you don't want to do and then you won't do it. So if you have your staff, you're going to sit down with your staff. You're going to give everybody an assignment and say like, alright, what's your personality? You're going to take your staff, you're going to identify their personalities and their strengths. Then you're going to take their personality, match that with their strength, and you're going to make them into little segments. Alright, now you have a video segment about this, you have a blog about this, you, have, you want them to do a little podcast, so this is your thing. So each one of your staff are going to represent their strengths in each piece they do, and all the things they're good at. So you might have someone who loves nutrition. All right, you're doing Nutritional Wednesdays. Uh, you might have a guy who's like really motivational and really pumps people up. All right, now you're the motivational guy. You have that piece on Mondays or whatever. We have one with one of our guys that we work with. His name's Bobby. We do Handsome Mondays with Handsome Bobby, and people love it. He always brushes it when we call him Handsome Bobby. So your audience. This is the next piece. Everyone, People always say, well, okay, I put all this stuff out, but how do I get, how do I get it in front of people? Who do, I, who do I get in front of? How do I even make it happen? Uh, so what you want to do is you want to build an, a base as your audience. There's two ways to do this. Number one is you can just create a simple saved audience on like Facebook and look at it and create some hashtags on Instagram so that way you can reach your local community. The simple saved audience on Facebook is going to be like your gym radius within five miles. Cause you know they're gonna be within your convenient area to go to, and when they come in, they're not gonna say, oh, you're not you're too far from here. So that's what you want. Within five miles of your business, you can use a couple of interest parameters. What I would do is, I like to target things like, you can do fitness and wellness in your area, you can do similar stuff, you can target people who like, if you have a lot of people in your team, you can use your members for this too, so you can target people who have like, maybe half your membership does yoga, so now you can target yoga. Maybe half your membership goes and does like triathlon, so you target triathlon. So you can pick different interest parameters based off of the audience you want to target. But I would start with just maybe within five miles of your gym and target weight loss as an option, or strength training, or whatever you want to bring people in for. You can use that as your target. The other option that we do is: Does everybody have an email list in here? Does everybody have an email list that's over like a thousand? Ooh, Danny's a champion. Anybody else? Okay, so if you have a, probably between 500 and 1,000 people on your email list, I would pull that off, upload that to Facebook, and then uh, it's gonna have an audience now you create. It's gonna match all the people on your email list to Facebook, which is probably gonna be your members, and prospects, and stuff like that. Then you create a look-alike audience of that, like a 1% look-alike. So what that's gonna do is it's gonna match the characteristics of all your members who matched on Facebook with the characteristics of people in your community who are Incredibly similar that's pretty confusing, right? Take your email. Oh, yeah, so step one take your email list step two, upload your email list to the Facebook audiences section of your Facebook Ads manager Step three Once you upload it's going to show how many matched if you matched at least a hundred You're going to be able to create a look-alike audience and it'll work Then at the bottom it's going to say create audience. So then you're going to click create audience once you create the audience, it's going to show like, look-alike, and it's going to have a bunch of super confusing words. Just create a 1% look-alike, and then you're set. I have a video on this. If you go into all my stuff's on Facebook, just go, like search for Chan's Logic. I probably have 10,000 videos, so you can look. Not 10,000, that's it. Slight exaggeration. There's a couple hundred. But uh, so if you go on there, there's a Facebook audience's video that I made on how to do it. And after this, I'll walk you guys through it. So step one, download your email list. Step two, upload your email list to the Facebook audiences section of your business manager. Step three, create a lookalike audience from that audience. Step four, hurry up and wait, because it takes about 24 hours to populate. Sometimes it'll be quicker. Uh, It's a sad day in the state of the world when you don't match up enough. It'll say, like, audience too small. But if you have at least like 300, 500 is ideal, 1,000 is really good. Uh, If you have at least 300, you're probably going to be able to match, as long as your members are probably, most likely on Facebook, so you're probably going to match. You match up anywhere from a half to like a quarter often. Did that help? Perfect. So the cool thing about the lookalike audience is Facebook knows more about us than our friends than we do. Uh, They know what they're doing, they know where they're going, they know what they like, they know where they check in, they know what they're talking about. I mean, if you guys think like the, right, like the government listens to what everybody does, Facebook is the place that has all the information on it, so... The idea that we can match people who are scary close to what our members are doing is incredible. And that's what they call it. like, have you guys ever seen a marketing person say, we do hyper-targeted marketing, and we're laser-focused. All they're saying is we're going to make a look-alike audience for you and put some tags in there. <laughs> You guys ever get confused by marketing language, just ask me and I'll define it. So you want to give people different ways to consume, like I was talking about earlier. We want to make videos. If you make videos, it needs to be natively on the platform you're going to put it on. So we don't want, if you put a video on Facebook itself directly, it's going to get a, a lot more reach than if you like share it from YouTube or share it from your blog. So if you put a, and then a video on YouTube has to be on YouTube. Uh, a blog probably has to be on a blog obviously. So you want to share it to the native platform. Uh, Facebook does not like linking out to anything, so it's always going to get lower reach if you like share a video from somewhere else. But if you upload it directly to it, it's probably going to get at least a 1,000 people reached organically, which is pretty good. The other thing about videos that you want to pay attention to is does anybody here watch videos without the sound on Yeah, a lot of us, right? So now when you're making these, you have to think about what your what your members are gonna or what your community is gonna do. Are they gonna watch your video without the sound on? It? Probably. So what we wanted what I do, so you wanna caption your videos. You want to put the it's not that hard. If you go does anybody know how to do this? So you just upload your video on Facebook, and then you go into like your videos area, and you click on edit captions, and then you can it'll show, it'll make it like a little draft, which has weird words misspelled these stuff, so you have to go through and fix it. But then you just go through and fix the video real quick. And it takes... That's amazing. You need You'll a definition, right? Yeah, they yeah. love and it. And always <laughs> trying to figure out what's in the videos. Yeah, That's, they love that. Yeah. Like, I can be part of this. This it's is awesome. awesome. So, And when you look at the stats, uh, we manage quite a few people's accounts, and I, I often see the average about 85% of videos are viewed with no sign. So people... And when you think about what they're doing, they're at work working and they don't want to be working so they're watching your videos and and when people are driving they're watching your videos so like people just they don't do what they want to do right now they want to do what they want to do that's not right now and uh, so when you do things think about you have to think about it in the eyes of the consumer too like how are they going to consume this what are they going to feel and what can I do to make the experience easier the other alternative to captioning you upload it to YouTube uh, you can also go to the caption section out all the captions on YouTube and then you can download the file, then you upload to Facebook. It's more of a two-step process. It's probably faster, but if you're already confused, just use Facebook as your editor. The only bad thing about Facebook is you can't download the file, so you couldn't take the file and put it on YouTube. YouTube, you can download the file and put it anywhere you want. The captions don't stay on the video. Some people will send me an email, so I made the captions and I download the video and they're gone. I'm like, oh, so what happens is we have to take the file So put captions on your video if you don't. If you have like one video assignment or two a week, or your staff does, it doesn't take them that long. Maybe it takes them two minutes to shoot the video, two minutes to make the captions, two minutes to upload it, unless the internet's as slow as it was today, then you've got an hour to upload and all that fun stuff. Uh, So it shouldn't take that long to do with your videos. Blogs. Blogs should be on your blog, obviously. Uh, The way we blog is the way I was talking about how people consume earlier. So we want to blog with the idea in mind of how can I help people and how can I answer questions. And when you think about SEO today, has anybody ever been sold SEO by a company? Raise your hand if you have. Nobody Good. It's super shady. They'll be like, we'll sell you SEO for $8,000 a month. And we promise it'll work. And then it never does. So what SEO is, is it's your content on your website. And what Google likes to see is updated content all the time. So if you're blogging like once or twice weekly, that is organically building your presence on Google. And when you think about the way we want to use our blog to actually reach people, you want to answer their questions. If you, so when you type in, think about the way people use Google, they type in a question, or they type in what they're looking for. So if you answer those questions, you're going to pop up as the answer when people search for it. A podcast. Does anybody here do a podcast? Hey, and Gigi does, Dave and I do, I have like 17 podcasts i on, so podcasts, uh, they're, they're incredible, they're underutilized, I, I don't think, there's probably a handful of gyms that actually have a podcast, but when you think about it, your members are going to listen to it, people in your community are going to listen to it, because they want to listen to something while they're driving to work, they want to listen to something while they're driving home from work, they probably want to listen to something while they're pretending to work out. So, podcasts, they're allowed to they can listen to it and they don't have to sit there and watch it. That's why, that's why I think podcasts are seeing such a big resurgence because people can do it when they're distracted. Like, one of my things now, I don't necessarily have a lot of time to sit down and like watch videos and read stuff and do books and all that. So, I play my podcast and read, listen to my books while I'm in the shower, which is incredible because the new iPhone's like waterproof, water resistant. So, uh, when I'm in the shower, it just sits up there in the plays. And so, I'll listen to like, one or two podcasts that are like eight minutes long. Now it sounds like I take a thirty-hour shower. <laughs> Jeez, what do you do? I like to be real clean. And uh, pictures. So pictures are powerful because you can put pictures of your members smiling. You can put pictures like all my selfies and text on it that have motivational quotes. You can put pictures of like kids running around in your gym. And when you put those up and you tag your members in those pictures, they're gonna see it, they're gonna feel special, and they're gonna share it. And their communities are gonna see that. So we want to use pictures as an outlet as well. So maybe you have a coach who's an incredible photographer and loves pictures. So now, all right, your job is to put up three pictures. a week. Pictures are quick, too. You can get, like, you can knock out 10 pictures in a couple of minutes. And you you can schedule them all ahead of time, and then you're set and good to go. So pictures are huge. One thing we do with a lot of our pictures is we create what we call a life in the gym video. Has anybody heard of this concept? Yeah. It's super secret. It's GS14's last fight. So what it is, is uh, pictures, we basically take all of our pictures, we compile them at the end of the week, and we make a video out of it. We use an app called Quick, Q-U-I-K, and uh, it basically takes all your videos, and, and your pictures, maybe like little five second videos, but mostly pictures, compiles them all and makes a really cool looking video. Flashes and show stuff, and then your members will watch it. And they'll be, they'll, they'll do one or two things. They'll be pumped, but I was in that video, that was freaking awesome. Or they won't be in it, and they'll come up to you and they'll say, Hey, we gotta talk. I wasn't in life in the gym. And they'll be like, Hey, you gotta do cooler stuff in the gym there. And so you create this fun dynamic with your members going back and forth. So now you can assign a life in the gym video to somebody. Like, all right, you, you're good at pictures, your job is to make life in the gym. I'm a big fan of delegating tasks to our staff because if you do everything, you just get crushed. So engage with your community. Like I was talking about earlier, you need to be on there talking, going back and forth. Your coaches should be on there tagging like members who have who ask the question that you're answering on your podcast or your videos and all that stuff. Your coaches should be sharing it. Tag people in your videos if they're in it. Uh, if people are commenting, go back and forth, talk to them a little bit. If they ask a question like, I love this video, what do you think about this? Answer that question, if they ask a question like, what's the price? Then you can like send them, you can actually go to their comment and send them like a direct message. Okay, thanks for asking about price. And then you can go back and forth into them there, so you don't have to talk about that on the public thing. So we don't like talk about price, since people just think of it as a commodity if you do. And a lonely community is a sad community. If you put up a really cool video and there's a comment and nobody interacts with it, and that person's just going to go away and nothing ever happened. And then it's a sad community. So you need to turn that, that frown upside down and interact with people and go back and forth and talk with people and be funny. And so when you look at what the really good brands do, they'll go back and forth, they'll use emojis, they'll use like hashtags, they'll use witty sayings and stuff with the people, and then they want to share those comments. They're like, oh my gosh, they said this, it was, it was hilarious, or they said this, it was awesome. Does anybody follow Wendy's on Twitter? I know Wendy's is kind of like bad for you, unhealthy, right? This kidding, it actually is. But they have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't ever <laughs> there. But Wendy's has one of the most witty, funny Twitter accounts I've ever seen in my life. If you want a good example of go engaging, follow Wendy's on Twitter. You don't have to buy their hamburgers and stuff, but just follow them on Twitter and pay attention. I mean, they're really good at going back and forth. They're witty. They comment. If someone asks them a stupid question, they respond with a stupid answer. But in a funny way, it's, it's great. They, uh, they were going back and forth with, I think it was Arby's, not Arby's, maybe it was Arby's, some other company, but Burger King, and then they blocked them. And then Wendy put up a status update that says, "Haha, they blocked us. And it got shared like a million times, so people like that stuff, because it's human. They don't like, uh, when you think about like, on Facebook with the big brands, they're doing, this is the opposite. When, the, when you share a comment, and it says, we're sorry to hear this, please send us a DM. And if they know they're talking about robots and people don't care as much, but if you actually comment and it's fun, they're going to want to engage with it and go back and forth. So the next thing I think that we have to do outside of so the social media realm and branding is what we've been talking about for a while, but we have to do local business development as well. Your business can't just be online and, and win. You have to be online and offline in order to win in your community. You have to get your community involved in all avenues. So strategic partnerships. One thing we like to do is partner up with like a local coffee house, bring in their, their cold brew into the facility, or partner with uh, like a bookstore, uh, a free book or, like once a week or something like that. You can partner with like your local healthcare communities. Uh, any kind of partnership you can build where they're going to talk about you is going to be huge. And when you think when you do this, you can't go in and say, "Hey, coffee shop, I just want to buy your coffee and then leave." You have to go in there and talk to them ask to speak with like the manager and all the staff, hang out with them. If I'm going to develop a strategic partnership with someone, I'll start going in their business like every day and buying their products and talking and hanging out and getting to know them. Because then I know that I can build a relationship with them and I know it's going to be a strong one and I know we're going to be able to have a good dynamic. So this, what I would do is pick like five businesses a month that you want to go out and talk to. So when we go out, we have outings we take all of my little interns and all the little ducklings follow us and we go and they, they pay attention to how we develop strategic partnerships, they watch, they, they, they learn. And so what you should do is bring a couple of your staff with you. If you have like 40 staff, don't bring a gang of people, but if you bring like three people with you, they can, they can watch it, they can learn, they can interact, and then it doesn't rely on you doing this all the time. You can send them confidently and you know they're not going to screw it up or do something dumb. You know they're going to be able to go out there and make friends and know what they're doing. You've taught them how to do it. And now you have, if you have five businesses a month talking about you and you've developed a good relationship with them, now you have five people actually promoting for you. Like, hey, go check out Stoney's School, they have, they have our books over there now, or Stoney's School has our coffee over there, you can buy it, or whatever you're doing with anybody. We have physical therapists we work with, and they'll finish with their clients, and they'll send their clients over to us because we have a strategic partnership for after therapy training in our fundamentals program. So if you develop that kind of stuff with healthcare providers, they become your outlet for members. And now you have people offline who are marketing for you because you're helping their business as well. And when you think about the grand scheme of things and the way they're thinking about it, all they want to do is grow their business as well. And if you give them the opportunity with your massive network of members, they're going to be pumped to work with you. And you're going to get the occasional jerk who doesn't care, so then you just don't talk to him again. Uh, but I mean, most people in these strategic partnerships are huge. They, they love it. They want to be involved in it. They it. They just don't have a leader to lead them to do it and you can be that leader. Workshops. So everything I do here leads into our funnel, into our fundamentals program. We don't have 87 different entry points into our gym. We have a lot of different pieces that they can go into but they all funnel into our fundamentals or your on-ramp. Does everybody have an on-ramp style program or a fundamentals program? Does anybody not? Over there. So your funnel then you but do uh, so you want one thing to funnel everything into one spot? Or you can have eight, seven different things funneling into one spot, because you want everybody to end up in your high value offer. So workshops. What will we'll workshops have to be looked at from two viewpoints. Workshops for your members are good for retention and engagement. So helping them out, putting on a little workshop, taking care of them. But outside of your members, the people in your community want to learn as well. So maybe you do a workshop. So you have to think about this from their viewpoint again. What do they need, what are their problems, and how can I help fix it? And So what you want to do is workshops on, here's a low back pain workshop. Here's a shoulder health workshop. You have a painful shoulder, we're going to help you with some strategies to fix that. We're going to do a workshop, maybe your workshops aren't even fitness or exercise-oriented. Maybe you're partnering with your local coffee shop and you're doing a, a coffee tasting. Or maybe you have a wine and chocolate tasting in your facility or something like that. The big thing for us, where I'm at right now is like wine and painting. Do you guys do that here? So like, you have a wine and painting workshop in your gym. You invite the, wa- the place to come in, put all their stuff down, and you guys do that in your facility. You invite members. Uh, one thing we'll do a lot is rather than charge your members, make the entry fee either ten dollars and we donate it all to charity, or the entry fee is bring a friend. And then now you've established them to bring friends in, not just for exercising, but they're going to be friends in your facility. To actually engage and talk and build a relationship with you, and now the price of entry for the friend, you can charge them the ten dollars and say it goes to charity, which gives you grand goodwill. And you want to collect their email, their name, and their phone number so you can follow up with them through your email strategies and maybe call them like afterward. It's not, hey, you came to our workshop, you want to sign up for membership, and then you're like, man, they just tried to sell me. You want to be calling and say, hey. I just wanted to call and thank you for attending our workshop. I hope you had a good experience. I, do you have any questions I can help you out with? And then you, that's it. And if, when that happens, if from their viewpoint, they're going to hang up and be like, huh, they just called me to thank me. Or you can send them a quick text if they don't answer. Texts have uh, about a 95% read rate. And Facebook Messenger is huge, too. So following up with people via text can be a pretty powerful tool and most people are perceptive to it. You can even put on your intake forms what's your best form of communication. Text, email, Facebook, whatever. And they can click the one they want to be communicating with. But sometimes people won't check an email ever. So newsletters. Does everybody here have the newsletter? All right. So these are, what I do with my newsletters, I create what we call a content digest. And basically what we do is we pull our content from Facebook, we pull the blog of the week, we put the Life in the Gym video on there, and it all goes into our newsletter. So it says top content of the week, a little, well, a little motivational thing for the week, helping everybody out, uh, a picture, and then all the content for the week at the bottom. And this, what this does is it allows them to, the people who maybe aren't on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or all 900 other platforms you're on, they can actually engage with and go out and see stuff. Because now we say, oh, man, I'm not on Facebook, but I see this video you link to, and i click on it, and I'll watch it, which is pretty exciting. Content digests are awesome. And then I, people always say, well, I don't have time for that. And I tell them, well, then you have time to fail. So that's your, your big call to action. It's, if you don't have time for it, you're eventually going to get yourself in a rut where you're like, oh, shit, I need some members. I better do something quick because i got to pay my affiliate fees. So you don't want to get yourself in that position. If you have this stuff structured, you have this stuff in a sustainable solution, and you're actually pushing stuff out, you're consistent with your content, you're going to be in a lot better position than if you don't do anything. And look, look at So when, when you think about the last piece of this is mostly talking about what is going to work well. There's a lot of there's a lot of like partial partial solutions out there, but what we need is. You need a full solution, and you either do it, or you contract with somebody to do it for you. That's why I like delegating to my staff, because they'll do a lot of stuff. So content, like we talked about today, plus engagement. So we have to put out the content, we have to engage with people, plus emails on follow-up, or emails in a nurture system are important. We need all of these to work, to make it work. If you just have an email, you need a complete system, if you just have an email system, but no way to funnel leads into your email system, even if you have a super robust system. It's not necessarily gonna work because it's not a lead generation tool. Uh, An email system is there specifically to nurture the people already in your system. So if you have that, but you don't have a way to get people into it, it's not gonna work. It's gonna work really well if you get people into it. And content content without follow-up is gonna fail. So if you put out all the stuff, but you don't engage, and you don't push people into an email solution, or you don't have a newsletter, you don't have a way to follow up with them, you're going to fail because you have no way to reach your people. And The, the last thing I, I like to talk about when I do this is the fact that you have to be a leader and a mentor with your staff. You can't just say, hey, we got this great idea. When you put all this content out, it's going to be a lot of work. For you are going to have a lot of fun. Because they're not going to want to do it. They're going to be like, well, that, that doesn't sound very fun. So with your staff, what I, what I do with them is it's, we have to talk to them about the long-term plan. So we're bringing these new ideas out, we're going to, I want you guys to do this, you're going to do this, this is your job, and the reason we're doing this is because I want to create a long-term solution to make sure that we're here 100 years from now. I want to make sure that we're always going to be sustainable, I want you guys to be here, and I want our members to have a good place to be in, and I don't want anybody to struggle. And if they, know, if they understand the long-term vision and the why, your staff is going to be significantly more likely to actually be on board and pumped about it. I think the big thing is we don't often tell our staff our why. It can't just be just do it because I said so. It has to be a compassionate leader who tells your staff why it's happening and what the long-term plan is, because then they're going to want to follow you and everything you do. Uh, you have to know what specific things your staff's good at. So what are their personalities? Is do you have a member who's fun, a member who's funny, a member who's, mo- uh, who's motivational staff member who's motivational, one who's super serious? So you need to take those personalities and leverage that in their content. So if they're super funny, their videos need to be funny. Their blogs need to be funny. You need them to express their personalities and everything they do. And then their strengths. So now if you have someone who's funny and motivational. Now you have a funny motivational blog or video or whatever, or someone who's serious about nutrition. Now you have super serious nutrition with super serious salary, or whatever you create for your nutrition segment. Uh, so you want to use their personalities and leverage those personalities. If you can do that, it showcases humanity, it builds uniqueness in your brand, and it builds trust with consumer because they see the real people involved. and People want to see people. They, just, they don't want to just see robots. And the last thing I'll leave you guys with is, ideas are cheap, but execution and actually acting on what you're doing is bold. Consistency and execution, I'll say it, Chris said it earlier, Dave will probably say it, uh, you have to actually do stuff. We always have a million ideas. Everyone's like, I thought of so Facebook. I could have totally done that. But you're like Zuckerberg did it, so he won. So that's what we need to focus on: do stuff. If you do it, you'll win. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to do 675 takes on a video. Just one take, one done, get it out there. If, if it's about 80% good, it's probably good enough to put out. People don't want to see perfection. People want to see imperfection because imperfection builds trust and builds humanity. And that's it. Now, if we'll you guys have questions, 85. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> In that pulse, there's no cause. She's gone again, and it's not.